Just for you, me, and Nick. Spencer, you always get all the answers. I'm kind of a big deal. Whenever you hear the music, Colin, take it away. It's time for the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Let's mix it up with a breakdown of some local, regional, and national sports with Spencer Dupuy, Nick Verzellini, and Colin McLaughlin. Good afternoon and welcome into this Thursday, March 23rd edition of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Brought to you in part by the Brown Funeral Home and Cremations, Robert Fields and Sons, a family-owned full-service funeral home that has probably served our area since 1880. Spencer Bunick, Nick Colin McLaughlin, happy to have you with us. We're produced on the TV 10 side by our intern, Gerald Wright, and we'll jump right into it as we're now joined on the phone by the head coach for the Washington Patriots softball team, head coach Amanda Orkoski. How are you doing today, Coach Orkoski? Oh, doing great. Excited. Uh, excited that the season started, and it's a beautiful day for a ball game. And that it is, as we'll be there tonight at Jefferson as you guys take on the Cougars. And uh, last year, from what we understand, it was a really good sectional series, and <laughs> obviously your team is hoping to get on the better end this year. Yeah, we're excited. Uh, you know, we we always say every year is a new year, so we're excited to uh, to start the year and and show you know who we are out there. So thank you for uh, giving the opportunity of of letting everybody else see as well. Hey, coach, this is Nick Verzellini. Uh, your team last season, like we said, it was a, it was a good season, even though you, you came up a little bit short there in the sectionals. Uh, who are you excited to see uh, from this year, and who should uh, people be looking out for in terms of who's going to make a big impact? Uh, you know, I'm excited all the way. You know, we're 15 strong. I know it's a lot of players. Um, they're they're making it tough for us as a coaching staff, and, and we're having to plug and play um, because they're all working so hard. Um, they're all hungry to get back to, as you said, you know, they had the, the chase last year. Um, you know, we give props to Jefferson for bringing it back home to the to the county, uh, but of course, uh, we'd like to do that as well. Coach Horkowski, with last year's season and now a great great start to this year's season, what were some things during the off season that you guys were trying to build off? I'm um, really just working on the the small stuff and working on becoming a you know a good solid team, one team all together. Um, you know, filling any holes that we had. We we lost two great seniors last year. Um, but the great news is we only lost two great seniors. Um, so we've had a lot of great people step up. Um, they worked really hard in the off season, both with us as a, as a team and, you know, travel teams and on their own. Um, so definitely excited to show off the, the hard work that they've done. You guys opened up conference play with a 9-1 to victory over Musselman on Tuesday. Uh, Ruffner was in the circle for you. Is, is she kind of your ace in the circle this year? Yeah, we've got uh, she's a she's a great pitcher for us. You know, obviously being a senior, she's got that great senior leadership. Um, she she's signed with Shepard. We're not ready to let her go yet. Um, so looking forward to to a great last year with her. And then we've also got uh, we've also got a great staff. We've got four pitchers total. Um, so we are pretty deep with that. And we've got uh, two pitching uh, college former college pitchers um, on our coaching staff. So it's really helping us get that depth at the pitching position. Coach, uh, Jefferson tonight, we've talked about it being a big game um, for your team. Anytime a team uh, ends your season, does that add a little extra uh, chip on your shoulder heading into this one tonight? Uh, You know, I I try to to keep them kind of level with, you know, every game's a game, Um, and that's how we try to play it. Um, We we don't try to hype anything up. We don't try to downplay anything. 
Um, really, we, we want to go out and enjoy the great game of softball that, that it is. Um, enjoy the opportunity to play with each other. You know, we get to play. Um, like I said in the beginning, it's a beautiful day, um, and we're definitely excited to get out there. Have you uh, determined who will be your starting pitcher for tonight? Uh, I'm going I'm to keep you guys on. Uh, I'll keep you guys surprised, and I'll let you see that tonight. <laughs> That's fine. And looking at your schedule this season, what are some teams that are going to challenge you down the stretch of the season? Uh, well, you know, of course, Jefferson. Um, we expect them to bring it. Uh, Musselman's a great team. Hedgesville we haven't seen yet. Um, you know, being early, we're not sure who has what. Um, so, again, we're just taking it one game at a time, one practice at a time. Um, and a great thing that, that's different with high school ball than travel ball is really every game's practice because the only ones that really matter are when we come down to that uh, the games in May. So um, looking at it that way. Coach, we've talked a lot about uh, pitching, but what can we expect to see from your lineup this year? Um, hopefully solid from the top to the bottom, right? That's what everybody hopes. <laughs> um, you know, looking to really string things together. I think that's one thing that we struggled with last year is getting the ball to, in play, um, getting those runners around the bases um, because it really is a simple game. You just got to score more than the other team. Um, so it's really just putting all those little pieces together um, and figuring out what um, position everybody can bat in. Um, if somebody's struggling for the night, we don't mind subbing somebody in because, again, um, I really do have faith in that and the bench as well as our starters. What are some goals for the season that you guys have set in place? Um, really just starting as a team, um, ending as a team, and keeping that high energy from the start to the end, um, not getting wavy. You know, one thing that really took us out um, is we put ourselves in a hole last year. Um, that first game with, with Jefferson here, um, it, it made it tough to come back. You know, obviously we saw those two games that were tough. Um, we gave it a run. Um, but really just not putting ourselves in a hole, um, starting up top, uh, making sure we don't drop in the middle and then finishing strong. Those goals sound pretty similar to what would be keys for success for tonight's game. Is there anything else that you want to add to that potentially for tonight's game? Uh, no, we're just excited. we got to, like I said, not hype it up, not downplay it, um, and just play our game like we, like we know how to. We're uh, excited to see. Um, how they do, how we do, and, and like I said, hopefully put on a good show for everybody like Coach. we have in the past. <laughs> Coach, thanks for the time, and we'll see you tonight. Awesome. Thank you so much. That was head coach of the Washington Patriots softball team, head coach Amanda Orkoski, as Colin and Dylan will be on the call tonight. It should be a good one. Yeah, it should. It will be at Jefferson first pitch at 7 p.m. Our pregame coverage right here on Talk Radio WRNR TV 10 and WRNR TV on YouTube will begin at 6:40. And as we heard, I mean, these two teams were back and forth last year, and it was two very close games in the end of that series. While one more on the side of Jefferson, but I think it'll be the same this year. Yeah, it should be a good game. Uh, weather has now started to cooperate after rain earlier this morning, so. That's good to see. We'll get the game in. And uh, definitely, you know, two of the premier teams here in the EPAC going at it. They had a 13-inning game last year in those sectionals. That was one nothing. So, I mean, you had those kind of battles. Uh, it it sure, certainly shows the talent around here from a softball perspective. So, looking forward to it. 
All right. Well, that will do it for this segment of the Sports Mix, brought to you in part by Hagerstown Ford, revolutionizing the car buying experience. Go to HagerstownFord.com for more on their side of this break. We'll recap our baseball game last night and preview the other games going around, going on around in the EPAC, baseball and softball-wise. After this two-minute break, you're tuned in to the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10 back in two minutes. And I fell This is Eric at Hagerstown Ford. Over the last decade, the way we buy things have evolved. Now, you get on your phone, click Want It, and it shows up at your front door. At Hagerstown Ford, it is that convenient. We've changed the car buying experience on the I-81 corridor forever. And with a return policy better than Walmart, there's absolutely no reason to buy a newer used car, truck, or SUV anywhere else. Just like Amazon, Hagerstown Ford will deliver the vehicle to you, where you are. And on your time. And if you don't want it, return it. No questions asked. Why waste your time at a car dealership playing the dumb back and forth games? Besides, we hate it more than you do. I assure you, no dealership from Winchester, Virginia to Washington, D.C. will beat our price. No dealership from Chambersburg, Pennsylvania to Baltimore, Maryland will beat our price. And no other dealership will allow you to return it if you don't want it. Hagerstown Ford absolutely provides the best experience at the best price. Visit HagerstownFord.com to schedule your VIP experience. Click on the vehicle you want and get your new ride delivered to you at no risk. See dealer for details. Ever try to collect on an insurance claim? Perhaps a homeowner's claim, auto accident, or fire. Insurance companies collect money from you for protection should something bad happen. And when it does, they don't want to pay or they offer too little. At Mansion Ferretti, we have an attorney who worked defending insurance companies and knows all the dirty tricks they play to deny or lowball your claim. Call us today for help in getting what you really deserve. Mansion Ferretti, when you need justice. If you or someone you know suffers from the disease of addiction, help is available from the Berkeley County Quick Response Team with peer recovery coaches and support promptly to the homes of those who've recently experienced an overdose. This collective effort towards recovery brings resources and services to the community, including naloxone and treatment options. Call 304-267-1313 or visit the Berkeley County Recovery Resource Center, 400 West Stevens Street, Martinsburg. The Berkeley County Quick Response Team is funded through a DHHR grant with the Berkeley Morgan County Health Department. You're tuned into the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740 and TV 10. Welcome back to this segment of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. I don't know what kind of conversation Nick and Colin were having there as we came back. I don't think they knew their mics were on. It's the baseball season, so we got to give signals to each other. Yeah. yeah. Colin's right. calling for the curve. Yeah. Colin, I guess he was calling for the curve. Colin, Colin. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's what he does best. All right, let's talk some EPAC baseball. We had a good one last night on TV 10 last night between uh, Musselman and Hedgesville. It was got started quickly, really. As in the bottom or top and the bottom of the first inning, there's really where a bunch of the runs were scored. Musselman knocked off Hedgesville eight to three. Jason Myers went six innings, giving up six hits, three runs, two earned while striking out seven. Taron Boyles went yard on a three run shot in the first inning. The Applemen are now three and three and two and one in the EPAC, while the Eagles fell a two and two and zero oh and one in the conference. Uh, that's three straight victories for the Applemen as they started zero oh and three last week, and they've won three these last three days. 
it definitely seemed to be playing the way we expected Musselman to play at the beginning of the season uh, and after a slow start that we expected to see. So, um, you know, really complete performance from Musselman last night, pretty good on the defensive side, uh, good pitching from Myers once he settled in. The bats were, were really good. You know, you mentioned Boyles with the three-run home run. McClintock had a three-hit game, which is a guy that we don't know a ton about. He didn't get a ton of playing time last year, but he's uh, stepped up and has certainly, you know, given Musselman another weapon to its lineup. So uh, this is certainly a talented team. You know, a lot of good pitching, a lot of good hitters. Um, Trevor Bohr had a nice game at the plate as well. And, uh, Kyle Lohr got the th- game started with the leadoff double. So, you know, Musselman clearly has talent. Hedgesville, I thought, battled back, you know, gave a lot of good effort. Um, they certainly showed some flashes of their talent, but uh, unfortunately for them, you know, we rest and, and the team kind of got off to a slow start, uh, giving up that four-run, you know, first inning. Uh, but after that, Jackson really settled in well, and even though he, uh, I believe, earned six runs on the game, it was a better pitching performance than that. So, um, you know, you'll definitely take it if you're Musselman in terms of how you played and you got the win. And if you're Hedgesville, I think uh, there were some positives, but they still are, are struggling to kind of get over that hump in the EPAC. You know, last year had their struggles in conference. And until you start winning games consistently in conference, you know, it's going to be hard for them to do any damage when it comes to playoffs. I think they will start to do that, but at least early in the year, it's been kind of a slow start for them in terms of conference play. Yeah, I think you still have to give credit to Musselman's pitching and then defensively as well, only allowing Hedgesville to score after they responded in the bottom of the first, even though there were a few times where Hedgesville really seemed like they were threatening specifically i believe it was in the sixth inning the eagles had bases loaded with nobody out and musselman was still able to get through that and have three straight outs and not allow any runs and that then went in carried some momentum into the seventh inning in which musselman was able to add a few more runs to really put the game away so the fact that they've been able to bounce back after a very slow start just shows how resilient this team can potentially be and how strong of a team it can be as well yeah Yeah. we had that scenario too in the fifth inning where you had that little blooper hidden behind second base that should have been a tag up probably from Hedgesville where Moberly comes over kind of collides of Hartman a little bit stumbles makes the catch uh, but you could have probably got a run there in the fifth so there were definitely some little things that Hedgesville could have taken advantage of and uh, potentially made the game closer or even you know change the outcome of the game based on when when you score those runs so um it wasn't a perfect game on either side but i thought musselman uh played the way we expected them to be as a team and uh you know overall a a really good win for the appleman early in the season they now seem to have some momentum they're back to 500 uh and and they seem to be clicking with their pitching their defense and their hitting at the right time here early in the year um we'll see if that can continue uh, for Hedgesville, you know, there's there's certainly some talent there, but you know, didn't really take advantage of those little mistakes by Mossman. And uh, after the game, I caught up on the field with uh, player of the game Jason Myers, as well as head coach for the Appleman, Josh Hartman, and here are the interviews. Down here with Jason Myers, our player of the game tonight. He had a heck of a day on the mound and started out tough to begin things, but you were able to settle in. 
Yeah, um, you know, I tried to start trusting the fastball. Everything, I was kind of rushing a little bit. Things started getting away from me. I tried to settle in. It ended up working out. The offense came alive for you guys tonight. Uh, it seems like the offense kind of, last week when we had your game against Light Ridge, the offense was there. It just wasn't there the whole time. Yeah, we, we just need to start out hot. Every time that we, we get on them early, we sort of continue it throughout the game. It's just, we just got to start good, finish good. We just got to go throughout the whole game. Sometimes we slow down, but today was good. And, uh, you guys able to win three straight games now, back to back EPAC games the last couple nights. Uh, after the tough start you guys had, how's it feeling? Kind of taking that momentum forward. Oh, it feels great. I would have never imagined this team's going to be 0 3, but coming back to 500, it, it, it feels good. It feels good. We're going we're gonna to win. We're gonna be good. Thanks for the time. Congrats on the player of the game. Thank you. Thank you. Coach, three straight wins after the tough 0 3 start. Uh, what, what do you credit your, your club? Ah, it's a good bounce back week, that's for certain. Starting pitching. I'm starting pitching. You guys deep in all three of those in the sixth, seventh inning. All three of those outings. If my starting pitcher can do that, you know, we have an opportunity in every single game we play. Talk about starting pitching. Jason Myers on the on the mound tonight. Settled in after you know a couple of runs in that bottom of the first inning, but uh, seven strikeouts for him tonight. Uh, obviously, he's a player that you're going to rely on heavily in the rotation this year. What does he mean to your team? Oh, he's a leader on the team. He's leading the team batting average. Um, big hits tonight. Big hits all year for us. He did his thing on the mound tonight. We've been waiting on that. And, no doubt, if we can get him going and all the other pitchers going, we're going to have a pretty good season. And, uh, you know, the offense came alive early and late in this one, obviously. You know, kind of, you got to credit Jackson Russell on the mound for them as he had some pretty good stuff in the middle innings, but your offense able to, you know, be there at the start and be there at the end and be there when it counted. Yeah, we needed that big start. Taryn hit that three-run shot there the first inning and absolutely set the tone. Um, we needed those runs there at the end, and we uh, big two-out hit by White McClintock and uh, – been asked for better situation for him and opportunity for him to come through. Three hits tonight, I believe, for, for him tonight as well. You're praising your team after the win, obviously, going from 0-3 to 3-3. Three three. You guys got to keep moving forward. Absolutely. I mean, that was a big week. I mean, 0-3 is not what anybody wants to start out as. And it's a big rebound week for us. Finish the week at 500. And a couple days here, we get to practice and work on a few things and come back next week and hopefully hit it again. All right, congrats on the win. Hey, thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you, guys. Back up to you guys. That was head coach Josh Hartman along with our player of the game, Jason Myers. Now the Appleman sit at 3-3. Three and three. They're off for the rest of the week until Monday they take on East Hardy. Tuesday they'll be at Jefferson. Thursday they host Martinsburg. And Friday uh, they host University. And then they also host uh, they April 1st. They have Wheeling Park at home. And then they have Morgantown at home April 1st as well. So huge week upcoming for them. Uh, when it comes to two EPAC games and then three big AAA games. Yeah, you think they'll carry their momentum and defeat East Hardy, a team that has been struggling as of late, and continue that to the Jefferson game on Tuesday. It would have been nice to see those two teams go at it with the way things have been going for them now this year, but unfortunately we will no longer be having that game on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10 and WRNR TV on YouTube because of the fact that uh, that has the same day as uh, the rescheduling of Martinsburg-Hedgesville, and since we started that game, we're going to finish that game. Yep. 
that will be what we're doing. If we start a game, we will finish it. Uh, let's move on here. Elsewhere around the EPAC, Jefferson 10-run ruled Hampshire 16-0 in five innings. Ryan Hefner had a great night on the mound going five innings, giving up just one hit, one walk while striking out seven. The Cougars are now 2-1. They take on Mountain Ridge today at 4 p.m. Uh, so after a tough night against Martinsburg, they turn it around and have a very good offensive night and pitching night. Yeah, definitely a good way to uh, bounce back if you're Jefferson. But, um, you know, I don't, I don't know how good Hampshire is this year. But, again, you know, they're typically not as good as these EPAC teams. So, um, you know, maybe a little bit of a lesser opponent, but still you put up 16 runs, you get a great pitching performance. Uh, it's good for your confidence early in the season, especially after a slow offensive start to the year for Jefferson. Uh, we also knew that you know the Cougars aren't going to be a team that can't hit all season. I'm sure they'll start to pick it up consistently in the EPAC as well. But uh, definitely a game that can help build your confidence, help you get swinging a better bat and uh, play at a higher level. Yeah, it was a good win for them, a big fourth inning with seven runs crossing the plate there to really put that game away. So nice to see um, Jefferson get the bats going, and hopefully for them that continues. Hopefully it does. Washington. Excuse me, Washington felt a clear spring out of Maryland. 10-0. Patriots now 2-3. and three. They host Williamsport also out of Maryland tonight at 6 p.m. Obviously, clear spring, you know, they are a lower-tier opponent when it comes to their classification in Maryland, but I do believe they won a single-A championship last year, so it's always tough when you bring in an out-of-state team, even though they have a lower population or, you know, lower division-wise. Right. I mean, still a state championship team, so... Uh, obviously there's you know talent on the roster just because they're a smaller school doesn't really mean that much if you have talented kids uh you can be you know really good especially when you know you're proven as a state champion um so it 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 varies um sometimes you know you have these smaller schools and it's like well they don't have the same amount of kids so they probably don't have the same amount of talent but uh sometimes you have really talented small schools so it just kind of depends but uh overall you know, Washington has had kind of some ups and downs because, you know, you look at their wins and they're not against super quality opponents. So, you know, how do you really judge this team? Uh, they're a tough team to get a read on, but I, I still think that they'll be competitive in the EPAC, but it's definitely, you know, a, a disappointing performance there against Clear Spring. But, again, it's a state championship team, so they might be a really good cla- – or they are a really good Class A team in the state of Maryland, and they might be able to compete with – bigger schools uh even in the state of maryland yeah i'm looking at the uh summary of yesterday's game and even though i don't really know much about clear spring it to me looks like they went with their ace and trowball who uh went four innings and only allowed one hit with the zero runs and struck out six against washington so yeah interesting to see how things proceed there uh, Spring Mills, they fell to Mercersburg Academy out of Pennsylvania 12-2. The Cardinals are now 1-2. and two. They host Martinsburg for a key EPAC, early season EPAC matchup tonight and a sectional matchup at that. Uh, but Spring Mills, obviously, you would think they potentially go with their ace tonight in Brumwell. Yeah, depending on how fresh he is, uh, that could be the case. Um, and if he is pitching, you know, is this – going to continue where Spring Mills has a chance with him on the mound or, or do they need more uh, more success CBS from the up. other guys but uh, definitely a uh, 
you know, talented Spring Mills team, can they put it together here against a Martinsburg team that seems to be playing pretty good baseball? Yeah, for Spring Mills, you just can't allow a eight-run inning like they did in the uh, fourth inning. That's, that's what is always a deciding factor and really drains confidence is when you allow a big inning and can't respond. Yeah, that is huge. Now we'll move over to softball. As uh, last night we did the Hedgesville Muscleman baseball game, but over on the softball field across from the high school, uh, offensive explosion for the Hedgesville Eagles. They won 22-8 to over Musselman. Um, 17 of those 22 runs coming in the third inning. They were actually down 3 nothing to Musselman. As they, Musselman would score three runs in the top of the second inning, but then in the bottom of the third inning, 17-run outburst. Um, Maggie Boyer, Kaylee, Kaylee Lachlan, and Gracie Brown combined for 11 RBIs on eight hits. And uh, in the circle, Gracie Brown went three innings, two hits, six runs, four um, four earned runs, five walks, and five strikeouts. Kelsey Van Dyne claimed to, came to finish it up. One hit, two runs, one earned, one walk, two strikeouts. Um, overall, great offensive output for the Edgesville Eagles, who are coming back and have a chip on their shoulder after losing to Jefferson in the regionals last year. Yeah, they look uh, good and can't wait to see them in person. I, I think it's honestly going to be Hedgesville and Jefferson again uh, doing battle for the region this year. Could be Washington. They it got could to be. They, as they well. have a good team as well. But Spring Mills, I believe, also has a good softball team. So, well, that'll be well. Obviously, that'll be determined as the season goes along. Uh, the Lady Eagles, they're now two and zero and one and zero in the EPAC, while the Lady Appleman fell to zero and four, zero and three in the conference. Jefferson, who will have tonight against Washington, they fell to Tuscarora out of Virginia. I was wrong yesterday. I thought it was Tuscarora out of Maryland. Tuscarora out of Virginia. Six nothing. Cougars now sit at two and three, and uh, obviously we'll have their game tonight. Uh, that should be a good matchup, as you know the Cougars really trying to do their best to get some great competition on their schedule. Tuscarora are really a powerhouse in softball as they're cross town rival in my school, and uh, I just I know that for a fact. So you know, definitely a tough loss for them last night, but they definitely learned a lot in that loss. Exactly. Early on in the season, you, you want to play good opponents, especially um, when we heard from Coach Waters yesterday that almost humble their team a little bit going into the season, winning states last year, just uh, re- or refocus them and make them realize that it's a new year and you, you still have to put in the same amount of work as you did last year to get to that point of winning another state championship. It's not just going to be given to you. That was pretty much the point I was going to make. So, I mean, you know, always good to have good competition, especially coming off of a state championship. All right. Well, that will do it for this segment of the Sports Mix, brought to you in part by Orsini's Home Store. Go to Orsini's.com for more. Uh, And we'll be on the road tonight in Shenandoah Junction, 640 pregame, 7 p.m. first pitch on Talk Radio WRNR TV 10, Comcast Channel 10, and WRNR TV on YouTube. Colin and Dylan will have the call for you. We'll be back after this two-minute break as uh, the NCAA tournament resumes tonight starting at 6.30 p.m. You're tuned into the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR TV 10 back in two minutes. This is Lauren from Orsini's right here in Martinsburg. Grilling is not just for the boys. We are a platinum Traeger dealer carrying the Pro Series all the way up to the Timberline Series. We have every flavor of wood pellets along with accessories, rubs, sauces, 
Not just Traeger, we carry Utz, Meat Church, Lanes, and Dizzy Pig. We also carry a full line of Yeti products. Orsini's has everything to complete your backyard. Visit us at 360 Hack Wilson Way or at Orsini's.com. The American College of Emergency Physicians recently announced that WVU Medicine Berkeley Medical Center's Emergency Department has once again achieved the Bronze Standard Level 3 Geriatric Emergency Department accreditation. This program recognizes emergency departments that provide excellent care for older adults and have geriatric-appropriate equipment and supplies available. Berkeley Medical Center's Emergency Department is one of two geriatric-accredited emergency departments in West Virginia. WVU Medicine, leading health care here and everywhere. Shenandoah Community Health continues to offer COVID vaccinations and clinics each Saturday throughout the Martinsburg and Winchester areas. The COVID vaccinations and boosters are free to anybody age 12 and up. To find out more, call 304-263-4999 or visit Shenandoah Community Health's website. Get your COVID vaccination or booster free to anybody age 12 and up at any of the Saturday clinics hosted by Shenandoah Community Health in the Martinsburg and Winchester areas. Call 304-263-4999 today. The Eastern Panhandle Home Builders Association would like to thank Pine Creek Structures for being a diamond sponsor and City National Bank, Eastern Panhandle Heating and Cooling, DRB Homes, High Point Roofing, and Aspen Home Improvements for being platinum sponsors of the 26th Annual Home Show. The Home Show this year will take place March 25th and 26th at the Martinsburg Roundhouse. For more information, visit www.easternwvhomebuilders.org. We hope to see you there. You're tuned into the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740 and TV10. Welcome back to this edition of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV10. Spencer, Nick, and Colin, happy to have you with us. We're produced on the TV10 side by our intern, Gerald Wright, uh, second to last show as uh, he departs as an intern early tomorrow. Yeah. Anything you have to say for yourself? I enjoyed my time at WRNR. Wish you had you longer. Yeah. But uh, things Do you change. highly recommend us? Highly recommend. Yeah. Five stars on Yelp? Yeah, five stars. I enjoyed it. All the game experiences. Um, there we go. Yeah. Five out of five stars or five out of ten stars? Six. Oh, shoot. <laughs> I was going to say six stars. Six, six out of five. five. Six, six out of five. Like that, yeah. yeah. All right. Okay. I'll take that. It's only our real second real intern. What's his name? Avery. Avery. Yeah. What is his name? Well, Put some Avery. respect on the man's name. Avery Newport. Newport. Avery yeah. Newport. Up at Maryland at grad school for the sports broadcasting program. Killing it out here. He's doing baseball broadcasts on the radio up yep. there. So shout out to him here. Uh, but let's talk some March Madness as it all resumes tonight. Uh, for the Sweet 16, guys, as uh, what today is the 23rd, so things will get going tonight. Kansas State number three against number seven, Michigan State, and then that will be followed by, they have a really weird schedule, that will be followed by number eight, Arkansas against number four, UConn, and then uh, 945, number three, Gonzaga against number two, UCLA, and I do believe, is that the, no, and then also at nine o'clock tonight, Number nine FAU against number four Tennessee. Yeah, I mean the Gonzaga UCLA. That's the game right there. Uh, if you're going to tune in or if you're going to miss any of the games, you don't want to miss that one. 
Uh, last year in the tournament, they had a classic. I think it went to double overtime potentially between those two teams in the 90s type game. Uh, just, you know, when you talk about how the college basketball has changed, right, and, you know, you don't have those guys that have stuck around for a long time, both UCLA and Gonzaga have a few of those guys. You know, Drew Timmy's the big name, obviously, for Gonzaga, who's a you know a great college basketball player, probably won't be a great pro player, but just a really entertaining player at this level. Uh, they got the uh, – I can't remember his name, but UCLA has the uh, guy that I used to joke looked like Avery other than the St. Peter's player. He's still there. Jamie Jaquez. 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 Oh, yeah. Jaime Jaquez. Yeah, yeah, I remember that from last year. Yeah, so he's back, uh, you know, and UCLA, uh, they got a fun team. I know they've had an injury there as well, so they're a little bit down compared to how they were at the beginning of the season, but, um, you know, they played a great game last year. I would expect that to be, you know, a really great game this year as well. Um, I think Michigan State, Kansas State is intriguing. You could see Michigan State pulling off an upset there potentially uh, with Tom Izzo. Their favorite. Home. Yeah, so I guess it wouldn't be an upset then. Mm-hmm. But a seven over a three. Um, not super intrigued by FAU Tennessee, but I think it could be a good game. I just think Tennessee, you know, they play that bully ball. Uh, some people don't like their style of play, thought that some of those calls were missed in the game against Duke. I know I saw some complaints there from the Blue Devil fans. And, you know, I mean, I thought some of them were justified. Uh, FAU obviously kind of has a little bit of people kind of are hating because the kid went for a dunk at the end of the game, which I get. Um, you know, it's definitely not sportsmanlike. But I don't I don't like to take out a whole program based on one person's actions. But, yeah. I mean, that is kind of how things work in life, right? That yeah. one person can uh, make you a big reflection of a program. So, yeah, I think it's – and what, what are the other games there we got? So we got Kansas State, Michigan yeah. State, Arkansas, UConn. Arkansas, UConn. Florida, yeah. Atlantic, Tennessee, Gonzaga, UCLA. That's tonight. We'll That's talk about the other slate tomorrow and then the weekend. So, I mean, for Arkansas, UConn, Arkansas pulling off the upset over Kansas, SEC team. Michigan State favored in this contest by one and a Colin half. Colin already, well, already said, said that. You got to tune in, man. I'm trying to get some stuff together for later on in the show. Oh, my gosh. A lot of upsets going on. But uh, UConn's a team that I need to go to the Final Four. I need Gonzaga to win the championship. I need Gonzaga to win, too. But I don't even think they win tonight. Whoa! They might not. I mean, UCLA is a talented team. It should be a good game. But you just said UCLA is not the type of team they were last year. Yeah, I, 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 well, because they have an injury. They, I believe one of their player, one of their star players is lost for the season, so... Uh, Which is funny because that's what we said about Tennessee going into the tournament. And Tennessee's made themselves all the way to the Sweet 16. So has UCLA. Yeah. Amazing how that works. But uh, I think it's still going to be a really good game. I do too. I agree that it's the best game, but unfortunately for those on the East Coast that have work tomorrow, probably not going to get to watch all of it. So that's always the downside. That's why you tune into the Sports Mix tomorrow and we'll recap it all for you. That's why is that the same I, I don't always enjoy the sweet season. But if you're driving around tonight after the softball game, you can tune into the rest the, of the, the game. East Coast always on the radio right here. Talk screwed radio over. Over. Why okay, can't there Colin. be a game at five and then a game at seven? Because that's at two o'clock in the afternoon in California. They already it's gave okay. us. They, they still get the watch at two look, o'clock. Look, they already lucked us out here. They're we had work. two full days. We have they four have full days of basketball starting at noon. 
We had four full days of basketball starting at noon last week. And now they just say, screw the East Coast. Eh. We lucked out for four days. Yeah, yes, everybody no. did. Right? Because you'd still be at work, and the main audience for that game would be the West Coast. Gonzaga, That's UCLA true. are both West Coast schools. So That 9 p.m. game, though. That at 9.45. Um, while it is a little late, it, it may be the best of both worlds to keep everybody happy. And, I mean, you stay up for the game, it's over by one. It really just depends on what your work schedule is like. And let's be honest, too, if you live on the East Coast, you may not really care that much, even though it's a good game. You're not probably a Gonzaga or UCLA fan. But also that game taking place at T-Mobile Arena in Las Vegas, so it's only 6.45 in Las Vegas. So you got to do the game's local time. There's a lot of things you got to consider with how you see Like it'll be 4.15 when they begin the first game, Arkansas-UConn at T-Mobile Arena. So... Can't have it every way, Colin. Life isn't fair, as they say. Uh, but we'll be keeping our eye on that tomorrow. Then we'll uh, then Elite Eight. We'll we'll know the Final Four by the time we come in on Monday and talk about it on the show. Uh, programming note: We will not have a show next Tuesday. Uh, we will be at the Shepherd Pro Day, and we'll get in some uh, package video packages. Will be done from that. Uh, we'll have a report potentially on. Uh, t- a segment on the show on Wednesday, uh, but uh, it should be some interesting stuff coming in that pro day next week, guys. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I believe it's seven total players, five from Shepard, and then two others, uh, one from Concord, and I'm school for the uh, other player is escaping me right now, but should be a uh, West Liberty. There we go. Fullback from West Liberty. Yep. It's always cool to see guys from smaller schools get a shot and. We know with Tyson Bajan being there from Shepard, there should be a uh, pretty big crowd from NFL media as well as some scouts, too. And it's open to the public. So for those that are out there, have nothing to do on Tuesday. Yeah. Go. Speaking of those guys, uh, two guys were at Shepard practice today, according to their social media, for their spring practice. Uh, Joey Fisher, Ronnie Brown in attendance. So uh, they're back in town getting ready for their pro day. I'm interested to see how Brian Walker tests. Yeah, because you look at him and he does have a lot of things that resemble an NFL type tight end. You know, good size at six four, six five. Certainly, you know, has the weight as well. So, um, you know, depending on how he does with his forty and all that, I don't think he's going to get drafted, uh, but maybe gets picked up and, and gets an opportunity either in the NFL or in the XFL potentially down the line or something like that. So USFL. Yeah, uh, you know, because Brian definitely has a lot of things that I think you would look to for a potential professional type player, um, and I think he measures out pretty well. So, you know, we'll we'll see how he does, uh, but certainly a good opportunity for him. Definitely is a good opportunity. Let's look at some headlines around the nation here before we talk NFL in the final segment. Um did you guys see that uh, Mark Cuban's going to protest the Mavericks' loss because the refs made a huge mistake? No, I didn't see that. I did not see that either. It's officially filed, will file a protest because they lost 127-125 on Wednesday night after confusion over which team had possession of the ball led to an uncontested dunk for Golden State late in the third quarter. Uh, so that's interesting. You haven't really seen a 
game contested in the NBA in a while, I feel like. Yeah. I mean, what are they going to do? I don't think it really matters because it's a regular season game. It's also true. Yeah, I don't know how that like, proceeds. Like, if it gets overruled, I, do you just go back and play the final however many seconds won't of the game? Rule, like, yeah, there's no chance. It's just for headlines and more or less. I believe they were... I'm going to have to say I'm out on this They one, were Mark. playing Golden State, right? <laughs> I believe they were playing Golden State. So yes, I, I just I said the, yeah, the Warriors scored he's a He's probably doing that. Are you out on Solely it, on that. So, yeah, I ain't buying that. I'm out. <laughs> I'm out on it as well. Uh, that for will do reasons. it. For this segment of the Sports Mix, brought to you in part by Parsons Ford, Kent Parsons Ford, and Martinsburg, they became number one by making you number one first. Go to ParsonsFord.com for more. On the other side of this break, we'll wrap things up. Uh, we'll talk uh, some NFL. Apparently, McCall Hardman to the Jets. No Aaron Rodgers to the Jets yet, though. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins, OBJ to Baltimore. Nick thinks so. We'll talk about that on the other side of this two-minute break. You're tuning in the Sports Mix on Talk Rated WRR and TV 10. Back in two minutes. With four new car dealerships and four used car dealerships in three states, Parsons is the largest used car and fastest-growing new car dealer in the tri-state area. Take Parsons Ford with huge savings on hundreds of new Fords, financing from 0%, Parsons' goal of financing for all, and Parsons' famous above-market trade-in allowances that help make Parsons number one for used cars, too. See why so many won't buy anywhere but Parsons Ford in Martinsburg. We became number one by making you number one first. Parsons. At the Berkeley County Health Department, our motto is prevent, promote, protect. Since 1935, our mission has been to provide clinical and environmental services to protect the health of the general public. We're committed to building public health in our community by offering a wide range of services, including blood pressure screening, breast and cervical screening, family planning, counseling, lab testing, and more. We perform health inspections to make sure the restaurants you visit are clean, and we prepare and coordinate plans to respond to all hazards. The Berkeley County Health Department, 122 Waverly Court, Martinsburg. Providing reliable protection since 1877, we are Farmers and Mechanic Insurance Companies. For over a century, we have been dedicated to provide dependable insurance protection and excellent customer service. We specialize in auto, home, farm, and business insurance. Our products are backed with personal, hands-on service. You can trust us to protect what matters most to you. For all of your insurance needs, there's Farmers and Mechanics Insurance Company. Now, back to the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740, and TV 10. We were good, we were cold, kind of dream that can't be sold. We were Welcome back to this final segment of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10, brought to you in part by the Mirrors Group of Ameriprise Financial Advisors, John Emerson and Phil McCoy. Stop by 1270 Winchester Avenue in Martinsburg. Call them at 304-263-4343. Spencer, Nick, and Colin, happy to have you with us. About uh, 10 or so minutes, excuse me, 10 or so minutes left in this one. As my throat got a little dry there. Uh, Gerald Wright, our intern producing on the TV10 side, does not need to show himself just because I mentioned his name, though. I will allow it. Huh? I'll allow it. I was about to. I ain't allowed. No, I got to do it. Just, just Why were you mentioning Gerald? Because I was mentioning his name that he's producing yeah. today. Well, maybe the people want to see Gerald. But he wanted to be the star of the show at yesterday's, the start of yesterday's interview. Why not? If you go to YouTube. He is the star of the show. If you go to YouTube, he's, he's the literally the first thing you see. It's his last one. 
Yeah. Is it's it? his yeah, final assessment interview. Yeah. It's still strictly about Gerald Wright. Yeah. No. It's a little much. Yeah, it is a little much. <laughs> nope, he hosts the show. On He's the only one on the show tomorrow. Are we going to see you Tuesday? At Pro Day? Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to call He's working out. <laughs> He's getting Surprise. back on the team. Yeah. No, he's working. I'm gonna tell Coach show. McCook all the stuff you've been telling us when we see Coach McCook. I'll be like, so Gerald Wright, you know, he's he's gonna play for you next week. What? I haven't heard that. You'll see me in the fall. All right, whatever you say. Uh before we get into some NFL news, the uh the Wizards, they have lost nine of their last eleven games. They fell one eighteen to one oh four. Uh they're not officially out, but they uh, should just declare themselves out at this point. They can't. They can't win a game. Don't it you feels know like. that's not what the Wizards do. They don't want a good draft pick, and they don't want to be in the playoffs. So they will now start winning, right, Nick? That's exactly how it goes. Yeah, it tends to be when you are the mediocre franchise that is the Washington Wizards. You uh, strive for mediocrity, and that is what we will continue to do. Forever, Colin. So you are exactly we. You own the Wizards. Yes, I just bought them from Ted Leonsis. Don't say that. I wish you I might did. save them. Yeah, I probably would do a good job. I'd say, look, Beal, you're gone. Porzingis, you're gone. Wow. Mm. Trying to just reset gone. the whole the whole team. That's what they need to do. That's what we said they needed to do at the trade deadline. Nobody right? wants to come play for the Wizards because for whatever reason, nobody wants to play basketball in DC. Michael so. Jordan did. Oh. I guess so, yeah. And there was a small chance, supposedly, that Kobe was going to get traded to the Wizards when Jordan was with them at one point, but um, that never happened. Uh, But, you know, I mean, they're just bad. And whatever they have, I mean, yeah, blow it up because this is not working, and it hasn't worked for the last several seasons since they were somewhat relevant, you know, what, 2016 maybe? Yeah, whenever they had that that team that was able to get to the second round of the playoffs, for whatever that's worth, um, but then they had the injuries with Wall, and, and it really hasn't been that great of a team. So I mean, I don't really know what their plan is or what the direction of the franchise is, but it just seems to be going in, in no direction, and, and really hasn't been going in a any sort of great direction. So need to do something i don't really know what the the thought process is in washington well washington nationals baseball gets going next thursday 105 first pitch will join the broadcast right at 1 p.m after the edition this next thursday's edition of the sports mix so we're a week away from opening day guys looking forward to it i don't know how the uh nationals will be this year after 65 70 year, wins so. could be the top end it, this it's year still a rebuild. Uh, you got some guys that you're looking forward to seeing. Uh, maybe some younger guys coming up through the uh, farm system. So it's always fun when baseball starts. Nick, any thoughts about baseball? Not particularly. No, I think I'm. All right, just, then let's yeah, move on to NFL. On Nicole Hardman to the Jets. More weapons for Rodgers, even though Rodgers isn't officially a Jet yet. What are we thinking here? Uh, Where are we seeing this? I don't see this anywhere. What, Nicole Hardman to the Jets? Yeah. That was news like yesterday evening. But uh, he was a guy that I thought maybe the Ravens could have picked up. I thought he'd (laughs) re-sign with the Chiefs. Wide receiver. 
Uh, well, I mean, he probably was going to get more money than he's worth on the open market than what the Chiefs were probably willing to pay him for a pretty average wide receiver. But I thought potentially he could he could be a fit because of uh, him not commanding you know necessarily top dollar. But it isn't a big free agent class for wide receivers. So I mean, Jets adding weapons. You know, we don't, they also traded a weapon. It seems like they're in control here of getting Rodgers from the Packers. But um, there doesn't seem to be an end in sight. Yeah, yeah, I'm surprised because we know Rodgers loves the offseason limelight, and it was big craze last week. That I think it's more so that the Packers want more for Rodgers than what he's necessarily worth to them. Maybe because it yeah, seems I mean, like the Jets are offering like a second round pick. But it seems like the Packers want the they whole want first round pick, the whole the whole thing. They want everything, and you know Rodgers, 38, I believe. So yeah. at 38 years old, you're not going to get a lot more out of him. Maybe 39. And supposedly he's already con- contemplating retirement. So most of the Jets are getting two years out of this guy, and they don't see any reason to give up, you know, the whole future. And especially, like I've said, I mean, even if they get Rodgers, I still think they're best, the second best team in the NFC East or in the AFC East. So. Maybe if they did it last year, after an MVP season, they could have got a first round pick or two. Right, but he wanted to come back at that point, mm-hmm. and obviously you wouldn't have justified it as much as you are now uh, if you traded him after an MVP season. So All right. while well, the Packers would have got better compensation, it wouldn't have made a ton of sense. That's true. Who the moves yesterday, though, could help them getting Aaron Rodgers completing that deal because they traded wide receiver Elijah Moore to the Browns, and then they simultaneously signed Nicole Hardman. Uh the Jets sent more and their 2023 third round pick, 74 overall, to the Browns for their second round pick, number 42 overall. The Jets now have two second round picks, 42 and 43, which they can use as ammunition in their attempt to acquire Rodgers from the Packers. So that gives them a yeah. back-to-back picks, too. Yeah, that could be enough. I mean, you know, what is the Aaron Rodgers market? What would you be willing to give up? I don't think I'd be giving up more than my second round pick. Uh, yeah. And maybe another pick next year because, you know, we saw the mistake the Broncos made. They gave up a ton for Russell Wilson. And what did we get? And they gave him a big contract, and he's 34. And, you know, we'll see if Sean Payton can kind of fix some of those mistakes. But you don't want to make that mistake again here. And, uh, you know, Rodgers isn't a guarantee. And the Jets still have the backup plan if it doesn't work out to potentially throw a ton of money at Lamar Jackson. The thing with Lamar is you have to kind of completely rework his, your offense. Is what it seems to be what's holding back teams right now is that you know if you commit to Lamar Jackson, the thought process is based on the fact that they've the Ravens have had the most success once they went to this Lamar Jackson style offense. Is you have to completely change your franchise, uh, which seems to be. A bigger commit than maybe teams are willing to make at this point, but I mean the Jets do have that as a backup plan if they do decide to, you know, let Rodgers go and it's too much compensation. So we'll see what they do, and also getting another second round pick, maybe they can move up in the draft and get a young quarterback if that's the direction they want to go. I agree. I don't have any other point to build off that. Yeah, I mean I think that'll be something interesting to see going forward. How long does this this Rogers saga last? I mean, we've got a month and four days until the draft, I believe. So, you know, it's gotta start coming down soon here. 
Uh, but uh, we've reached the end of the show today. Tune in tonight on Talk Radio WRNR TV 10, WRNR TV on YouTube, our first EPAC softball game. Colin and Dylan will be on the call as Jefferson hosts Washington. And if you want to hear today's interview with head coach of the Washington Patriots, Amanda Orlowski, go to the podcast. We'll be posted here in about a half hour or wait. Find it on YouTube here in probably a half hour or so. Uh, but that will do it for us here today. Uh, for our intern, Gerald Wright, for Nick Verzellini, Colin McLaughlin, I'm Spencer Pui. And uh, tonight, after ba- or excuse me, after softball, we'll have the NCAA tournament from Westwood 1, uh, probably roughly around 9, 9-ish p.m., I would say, potentially 9 p.m., get into that start for that uh, those second and third games. But that'll do it for this edition of the Sports Mix. Have a great rest of your day, everyone. And tune in tonight for some pack softball at 6.40 p.m. and 7 p.m. for the first pitch. Locally owned, locally operated, and proud to support our local community. Talk Radio WRNR Martinsburg, Spring Mills, Harpers Ferry.